What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! going on sports fans wherever you're listening across the world in the nation i am lawrence patchman lang bringing you into you game five top five here on the sports insanity podcast on the sports insanity network who else is here tonight what's up folks bill murphy i am mark old ops guy halpern oh uh, thank you so Tony out there danny boy reginald what's going on folks <laughs> yeah, look, you know, you know, people as you only hear our voice, you really don't see our voice. I not see our voice. You don't see our faces. Danny Boy was in the zone. And I'm and I'm, I'm not thinking the danger zone. He was in some other zone at the moment. And yeah. that's why it was a delayed reaction from Danny Boy. <laughs> yeah, but- so sorry. The the day the daydreaming has to stop. It's so hard, damn it. Listen. Do we have to uh, sit next to you with a water bottle, Dad? Please. Pay attention. Squirt, squirt, squirt. I don't know. I'm just joking, but, buddy. I hope but, you know that. I know you are. <laughs> Excuse me. Regardless, like I said, we're in game five, top five here on the Sports Sandy podcast. And we got a lot to talk about this week. A lot transpired over the weekend in the National Football League. Also, we also got the MLB playoffs in the mints. Red Sox just went up 3 nothing in the bottom of the third. They're up two games to one against the race, so a little – live action update for you guys even though when this is released it's a delayed you'll you already know the outcome of this game but regardless listening recording live three run home run red sox up three nothing yeah that and that's it that series is over and hopefully by the time we release it it'll be all over we can go on to alcs and hopefully the white Sox will be the ones to beat the red sox oh yeah you know who else is getting into it? Um, also, in the rest of Virginia. Hey, NHL starts this week. We got the Pens and the Lightning cracking. Debut of the cracking against the Golden Knights. And also, there's nothing going on in the sports world. We got the WNBA Finals. But we're all going to get to that later in the show. Back to baseball. Yes. As we said, uh, Tampa and the Red Sox in ALDS. Red Sox are up two games to one. As we just said a couple seconds ago, 3 nothing Red Sox. Um, there's some controversy in um, game three. Let's get into that. Danny boy, you want to lead the charge? This is in regards to um, it was uh, this has happened in both games, so the Chicago Houston game, and then Tampa Bay Boston. Let's let's stick with Tampa Bay Boston since we bring the brought them up first. Uh, yesterday, who was it that hit it? 
the hit to right in, field in the Tampa Bay game. Yes, Kiermaier. So Kevin Kiermaier um, hits the ball to right field, and it bounced off Hunter Renfro, the right fielder for Boston, and it into the bullpen. And based on the ruling, the umpires ruled it that it's two bases, and apparently it was from the time of the pitch. So, I mean, a lot of people were like, well, the, the ball was in play once it hits the wall and hit the player and it goes over the wall. And then, uh, you know, the runners, they're already past whatever base that they were supposed to be at. And, you know, the race should have scored. Well, apparently the rule is that the reason why they were only awarded those bases was because of the fact that Renfro did not have full control of the ball, you know, in order for, for the run to score, the Renfro had to have full control of the ball and then either deflect it. However it is and goes into the stands. However, it goes out of play and then you can get that extra base, but that was not the case. It was Hit the wall, deflected off the right fielder, went out of play, which in that case, it's only two bases from the time of the pitch, which is so confusing. Well, uh, Reggie, I got the guys, I got the official. Um, this is the text from the official Major League Baseball rules. Yes. If a fair ball not in flight is deflected by a fielder, then goes out of play, yeah. the award is two bases from the time of the pitch. If Correct. a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and subsequently deflects or kicks the ball out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time the ball was kicked or deflected. See, if, there you go. If okay. a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and drops the ball and then goes out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time Correct. the ball was dropped. Yes. So that's what I mean. Okay. So. In order, so in order, Renfro would have had to held the ball, touch it, and caught the ball, however it was, and then deflect it over for the race to get the run. But that was okay. Not that's the a case. great explanation, guys. That was not the case. So it was wild because you know that that changed the course of the game. The Rays would have been up uh, in the extra innings, and you know it, it. It's it's tough for the Rays right now. They cannot catch any breaks here because. You would think, you know, they would have the advantage here, you know, with the two first two games in Tampa Bay and the way they've been playing, but Boston's playing on their minds. Yeah. Currently, uh, I have now, a they just went up another run for nothing, Boston. Yeah. So the, I mean, that, that series, I, I can confidently say it's over unless the Rays come back. Um, but a lot of baseball left to play. There is, but I mean, with all in that Boston. momentum, I'm yeah. sorry. All that momentum yeah. going towards Boston's way. They had a great game, game two. And then in game three, they won extra innings and Boston wins it on a walk-off. Mm-hmm. That's crushing for the Rays. That's not mm-hmm. easy to come back from. You're 100% yeah. right there. Yeah, and if you listen closely, you hear the entire state of New York in just complete shock and denial. Yeah. But anyway. I'm not, I'm not in denial. This is a good Red Sox team. You know, I've said no, this no, all, all season long. This but, is a um, good Red Sox team. I want to um, – what is your take on the um, ruling, though? I mean, if we're going to go back to the ruling, I mean, uh, 
if, oh, I, if, I'm sorry. I thought we were on the rule. If, <laughs> if that's the rule, we can go back to rule for a second. If that's the rule, then then I think it was perfectly oh, called fine. Like, I, I don't think if there was a wrong, there was, they're not inter- misinterpreting the rule there. So that's, that's just how the rules were, were made. Because he did not have control of the ball. So, well, no, he didn't even catch the ball. So it went off the wall and then hit the, the player ball. and it went out of play. Case so closed. That that's that's the bottom line. That Case is closed. the bottom line there. And you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that the Rays could do. The Rays can argue all they want. There's nothing that they can do about it. That's that's the rule. It was interpreted. I thought it was interpreted correctly. So, you know, now they're just in a huge predicament here. Being down two one, and then there was more controversy later on in Chicago, Houston. Yes, and this, and this one is a little more confusing. You know, at least uh, the one with Tampa. You know that that was pretty self-explanatory. This one's incredibly confusing because it involves one the baseline and two interference. So what was it? I think Grandal was the hitter. Yes, yes, Mondi Grandal. Yeah, so he hits the ball, it goes to first base. Now, of course, you know, the, there's a thing where, you know, the runner has to stay within the three, the line, and then the three feet, they're allowed three feet out of the line, correct? Going towards first base. Yeah. So what happened was that you, the Grandal was running to first, but Guriel, first baseman, threw it home. So the play's going to home. And it deflected. The, as he was, Grandal was running it, the ball hits him. Guriel throws it, the ball hits Grandal, and then it gets away from you know, the catcher and stuff, and the White Sox score, and the run counts. So everyone is trying to say, especially the Houston, was like, well, it touched him, so that's interference because he was not on the base path that he was supposed to be on, so that has to be clear interference, right? Well, Unfortunately, with the rule, and Houston fans, of course, they don't like this. And again, I think this is incredibly confusing. But according to the rule, the only way that rule would work if it's in case of interference is one, it has to be clear intent that he definitely tried to interfere. But also the fact that let's say he's going to first base. If the play was going to first base, then that rule would apply that he was completely out of the baseline and didn't didn't make any any chance to veer back to that line that he's supposed to. Because, again, you're allowed to run off of it, but you have to go back at the end in order to get safe at first base. So the play was going to first, then that rule would apply. This, however, the rule in this case, since Guriel went home, the plays to home, so the runner going to first is allowed to – Make any base path they want. They can, you can establish your own path, and you know, obviously, you can make your own judgment. Did he try to interfere? Did he not try to interfere? Based on my view, I think he was yeah. running, and the ball just hit him. That's no, my that's opinion. What I was thinking too last night. That's my said. opinion. I I don't think he the intent was really to lean in and hit the ball and then go out of play. I think he was running. The play was going home. It hits him. The ball gets away. White Sox score. Simple as that. Patch, I don't know what you thought of it, but, you know. 
You know, I think of another situation that happened in 2019 in mm-hmm. Game Six of the World Series. You know, with Trey Turner and what transpired right. there, and then th- th- calling him out, and then looking at this last night on Sunday when it transpired, I'm like, that has to be batter interference. Well, the here's the thing though: the play was to first base with Trey Turner. That's the difference. So since the play was to first base, the rule applies for the runner. He has to, if he's going to veer off the base path, he has to make an effort to go back onto that line. And in which, in my opinion, I think Trey Turner did at the time, but that's not how the umpires ruled it. So, you know, that that was a very unfortunate situation there. But the Nats ended up winning that game. So, but uh, very unfortunate situation for Trey Turner's case. But looking at this situation, at like I like at first I'm like, okay, this is clearly bad interference. He's he ran and then he's clearly outside the baseline. But like you said, he needs to make that attempt to turn back in, in which he did. Right. It just took an it took an extra two steps where as he was turning back in, that's when the ball deflected off his left left arm. And then right. went went to the backstop, and then the bang bang play at home, where sliding to home trying to score. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like, but- all right, you know what? And then, like I said, about sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's fine. Looking, <laughs> well, didn't mean to, but um, looking, I'm like, you know what? Bang bang play, it happens. Play on. I'm just watching this right now. It it looked like it just hit him. And like and- I said, since since the play, I, I apologize, Bill. Since the play's going home. The runner going to first can establish his own base path. Any baseline he wants. He can go anywhere. And if he's running and it hits him, I don't know what else to tell Houston. Like, yeah, I think it was just that. Uh, Mark, what do you think? I I must have watched the play a couple of times this morning. I did not see it live. And my thought towards it was a little bit different. But after hearing the best explanation that I've heard all day come out about this credit Danny boy here makes sense. And the way it was ruled, if it wasn't explained as thoroughly and cleanly as Dan just explained it to everybody, then maybe my thoughts would have been otherwise, but the explanation was right on key. Yeah. Well, again, this is, this is from my understanding of what the rule is. I, I also had to watch video and, you know, read rules or listen to how, you know, analysts and experts are interpreting the rules. So, but this is from my understanding is that the base path is created if the play is not going to first. Otherwise, the runner going to first, if the play is going to first, then they are within that rule where, okay, you can be on that line and you have three feet that you can use either to the left or to the right but you have to veer back. That's only if it's going to first base, because again, I guess the rule, the intention was that it was to protect the first baseman, but that's not the case. The rule plays going home. So he's not subject to that rule at all. And it's a, it's very, again, another unfortunate thing for the for the Astros. I mean, um, because, you know, they're trying to win their game and, you know, that happens and it's, it's a, it's a whole mess. And it's lots a free of, thing. Yeah. yeah, lots of lots of controversy going on God, in baseball. That, 
Yesterday was a busy day in controversy town. Yeah, it was. It was. And we have more and... stuff we'll get to later, which is even more controversial. Yeah. How, how, what are the chances that two baseball games? <laughs> what had, up with that? What up with two, that? That's amazing, dude. That is just absolutely amazing. And um, again, I, I feel horrible for the Rays. I feel horrible for the Astros. But rules are rules. What can you do? It's so complicated. Hey, and and if I'm being honest, they need to change those rules <laughs> because I I'm sorry, it, you you have to call interference on Grandal. Uh, you have to. I'm sorry, you can't look as I get the rule, but whether it was intentional or not, he interfered. He interfered, and you know, either he needs to be out, and the runner has to go back to third or whatever. Or I forget how many outs there were, so whatever. But like, you have they have to make the rule where it's fair because there there's no way in hell that you know with a chance to get the runner out of home that they're just gonna be denied that chance. Seriously, it's silly. Yeah, both weird, just a weird day with the rules. Just yeah, weird eventually, and and incredibly confusing, incredibly confusing, but. Uh, if we're talking, just going back to the series real quick, um, you know, it, it's just, you know, hopefully Chicago can, you know, I mean, they didn't play Monday because of the rain out, but, you know, hopefully Tuesday they'll, you know, try to make it a series again because that'll be really funny if the Astros get knocked out. Chicago so, yeah. is not going quietly. And I want to I ask you, Reg, as mm-hmm. a fellow Yankee fan. Yes. If it's Red Sox Astros, as I was saying upstairs, if it's Red Sox Astros, I will not watch the ALCS. But mm-hmm. then you're not a baseball fan. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm, but sorry I'm, Bill, to agree with them. Uh, I'm watching. I'm watching you, the games. <laughs> yes, and I'll watch it. I will watch it then. But let me ask you, Rich, in that series, who is the lesser evil, Houston or Boston? I'm Houston. Houston. I agree. I agree because <laughs> I, I, in good I, conscience, no yeah, offense to all, to the great state of Massachusetts, but you know, and the great New England area, no offense, you guys are lovely, but yeah. I, in good conscience, as a Yankee fan, could never root for the Red Sox. I am never, hoping, never, never. I am hoping and praying that the White Sox come back in the series and win it. Now I do were, too. And look, the. I think the Astros were projected to win that series. Yes, they but, are. But if the White Sox can do it, I'll be real with the White Sox. I can cheer. I can cheer for them over Boston. Yeah, I could definitely get behind a uh, a White Sox run. It would be nice for baseball. Yeah. But you can't deny the fact that from the beginning of the season, that Red Sox team was an elite team to open up the year. They had a falling down. They've now picked themselves back up. Yeah, and, and I mean that—that's why you couldn't count them out versus the Rays because of how talented they are. Excuse me, because of how talented they are. Yeah, I feel like at least one of my two predictions are going to be wrong, or both of them. Because I—I <laughs> originally said for the Boston Tampa series, I said Tampa in four. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one. Um, I, uh, that one I've come. I, to I had the, I, I had Tampa sleeping. I had Tampa sleeping, but I thought that the the Red Sox were going to give them 
good games. It wasn't going to be a blowout. No, because I was going to say the Red Sox are going to win at least one game. Yeah, That's what uh, I was saying. They're going to win at least one game. And you I said, were more, you were more generous. I I thought mm-hmm. the Rays were going to sweep them, but they were going to be very close games. It wasn't no, going to be a cookie for the Rays. I had the series going four games, like Houston and Chicago. After last night, I I could maybe still be right. Yeah. I had White Sox going in. I had White Sox in five. Yeah, I mean Chicago. So that, that, that's I a can pos- that's a possibility. I could still be right. I mean, that's a good crowd in in the, at the south side of Chicago. Like, I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty cool crowd. At least one of these series, folks. I'm gonna be wrong. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, we we, we talked about the ALDSs. There's also the NLCSs yes. going on. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You yeah. can't yeah, forget them. Yeah. How about how about Jock Peterson? Another big home run. And the Braves are now one away from going to the championship series. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if that's to Mark's delight or anything, but it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> I could get behind any NL team, but Atlanta. <laughs> I know. Like, I was, I was really pulling for the Brewers. Like, the Brewers, like, you know. I after, would love to have seen Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, there's still a chance. There's always a chance at these games. Oh, especially if, if you can get one game, you have a chance. But I don't know. The Braves, you know, they kept the Brewers score. I mean, the Brewers didn't score a run today. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. and they were scoreless for a long time. Then, you know, yeah. The bats woke up late, so it's like you know you have to give the Braves credit where credit is due. Oh, absolutely! And then you also give the Dodgers credit for you know stealing one in San Francisco. Wow, that was as big of a thing that could happen for the Dodgers. I'm kind of surprised there was a split. Yeah, and it just makes more competition. Patrick, knowing our good friend Rick Zolzer, what do you think he's thinking? If you know, if I'm thinking our great friend Rick Zolzer, he is happy that they split in San Fran. He's coming back to LA. If the Dodgers can win game three tonight with Max Scherzer on the mound, I can see the Dodgers taking care of Giants the next day and just taking care of the series and being done with it. I agree with but, you. But if San Fran can steal the game tonight, don't don't be surprised if we see a game five later this week. If not, San Fran stealing two in LA. If San Fran beats Scherzer, hats off to him. You got to get through uh, one of the best pitchers in the league there. So yeah, I mean the Giants are throwing Alex Wood. I mean I don't know how I feel about Scherzer versus Wood there. I mean I would give the upper hand to Scherzer. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, it's going to be a tough one for the Giants. I'm not going to lie. It was very important that, and, you know, the, the Giants lost by a lot in game two. So, it's very important that they came out with a sweep in San Fran and they did it. So, that that might come back to bite them. Yeah, we will have to wait and see what transpired. Look up for updates on our social medias. I'll just make sure you follow them. All right. That, that's your MLB playoffs. Hey, um, a lot happened yesterday or this past weekend since the time of this recording. We say yesterday, which is Monday for us, which means Sunday. Sunday. Whenever you listen, it could be, hey, you're listening on a Wednesday, blah, 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 blah. Um, a lot happened in the NFL. And I mean a, a lot. lot. I mean, and what I mean by a lot, I mean a lot of injuries. 
Old Ops guy, get into it. Oh, my God. I can't remember a week with this many critical injuries to teams. I'm going to start off with the most absurd injury that I saw was poor Saquon Barkley. Now, he didn't get hit. He didn't get hit. He didn't pass out. No. This poor guy who's coming back from a torn ACL last year steps on KZ of Dallas and sprains his ankle. He is now out reportedly, they say week to week, a lot of people are saying four to six weeks, maybe even longer because he is going to have to rehab it. Also in that Giants game, you lost Daniel Jones, who didn't know what planet he was on after he got up after the hit from Micah Parsons. Oh my God, that was terrible. As he stumbled back to the line. And then to top it off, Kenny Galladay is out for the game on a knee injury. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Giants fan, just don't bother watching anymore. It is not even worth your time. Bigger names that went down. In Pittsburgh, Juju Schuster takes a shot to the shoulder. Everyone's saying he'll be fine. He'll be back. Nope. Shoulder surgery. He is done for the year. No more Juju. Okay. Max Williams who was having a good year in Arizona, blows out his knee. He's gone for the season. David Montgomery for Chicago now out four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. John Bostick, who was having a good rookie season for Washington. Yes, I'm going to call him the Redskins because I can. Out for the season. Okay. There were two actual weird injuries to me that happened to Joe Burrow and Jeremiah Coromoa. Both had throat contusions. Both left the game. Both went to the hospital after the game because it was more serious than they thought. Now they are both considered okay, but they are now week to week. George Kittle was put on the IR today of a strained calf. He is now out out three weeks. And to top it off, let's have a kicker on there. Why not? Robbie Gold sprains his groin, pulls his groin, does whatever he wants to that area. He won't be kicking for the rest of the year, most likely. This was an upsetting week, unless you're a Cowboys fan and watch the Cowboys destroy the Giants. An upsetting week for football in injury-wise. I, I, I can't go into the explanation of how people reacted to a lot of these injuries, but it was a big week in injuries. Yeah, I was watching the Giants um dallas game i see saquon get hit i look at his ankle i'm like if his ankle went a little bit more his ankle is done his ankle is into careers over see you see you in the next life saquon barkley for football but looking at daniel jones i'm like looking at uh daniel jones when he leaned in i'm like one i wanted to make a full recovery and all that but two he kind of leaned in with his head himself did. Yeah, he he he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna take this in, and then he dips his head, and you just see him get up, and you see him like he Stumble. is, he is like seeing pretty colors, rainbows, stars, unicorns, yeah. magical men, <laughs> leprechauns, I, and all I, that. I, to be honest, I thought he was, I thought he was having a fit. I'm I'm, I'm being real here. Yeah. I thought he was having yeah. a fit. I well, and then like. Uh, you know what? Someone get distracted. I thought he was about to do the Ric Flair, take two steps and then just take the flop and then just sell. Well, the, you like, could see the refs do what they had to do and get over and catch him. Yeah, they had to. And then he gets carted off. 
And I'm like, um, we are not seeing Daniel Jones for a little bit. The report is in on Daniel Jones, and officially he had a grade one concussion. That is oh, the most boy. serious it can get. It really doesn't get worse than that. He is considered week to week. Standard protocol will probably be somewhere in the likelihoods of two to three weeks before you will see Daniel Jones throwing the ball again. Right well, now, the Giants can rely on Mike Lennon. And uh, to be honest, to be honest, concussions are really tough to get back. No, they if, are. If you know, you say two to three weeks, but let's be real here. You know, you said grade one is like one of is the worst they can get. Yes. Like you saw how concussions almost ruined Sidney Crosby's career. You know, mm-hmm. he had a tough time coming back from that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, you you watch Daniel Jones have to go out for that. He plays football. Like that's this is not going to be easy for him because he has to one, you know, get away from the concussion, and then he has to regain any strength he has to just go back on the field and do well. And to do that in a season, I don't see it happening. I'm just being real. And I agree with you, Dan. I don't see Daniel Jones. I never saw him as the right pick for the Giants in the first place. No offense, Bill. Um, I don't see him coming back in the timetable. I've had concussions. I've had 12 of them. And they suck. They really suck. And to get reoriented from them, and it's not an easy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor New York Giants. I'm telling you, like, especially the the Saquon. Did you see that ankle? How much yes. wound up? Yes, it looked absolutely gross. Yeah. Well, Thank, thankfully, it thank, up. thankfully, it's just a sprain. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Saquon Barkley may have been hot shit in college and. Everybody loved him when he was drafted by the Giants. He didn't even want to be a Giant. He wanted to go to the Jets. It's time for Saquon to realize football has to be done with before he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry to put it that way. I I, I wouldn't say quit football before he's in a wheelchair. I say he needs to find a better team to play on. He needs to find a better team to be a part of. Um, he's a team that's going to give him protection. Can I just want to say um, he's like, and I've been seeing this all across social media yesterday. He's like a porcelain doll. The moment he steps on the field, he breaks something. I, I, I wouldn't say that. It's the fact the man can't be protected. He can't. Granted, the injury that happened on Sunday is a bang, bang play. It's going to happen. You know, sometimes you're just going to step wrong. Sometimes your ankle is going to roll. That's that. <laughs> that's the way of football sometimes. But for Saquon Barkley's sake, it's the fact that the man has been on a terrible team for the last few years. And it's, it's point blunt blank. The Giants are a terrible team. No, they are. They've been a terrible team for the past few years. And you know what? Bar- Barkley's the saving grace to that team. And you know what? Barkley needs to get the fudge out. Get the fudge and- out. Go to a real team that's going to protect you and utilize you the right way and not waste your career. And I just want to say um- – we talk about the game in general. We're still on injuries. No, we, we, we talk about the game in general. Yeah. Because I just want to say, first of all, I got to start by saying this. Old Ops guy, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, you have your bragging rights for now. For now. I'm the, my team's the best, one of the best in the NFC. I'm going to be bragging for a while. 
Yeah. Do you have that jug that for my tears that that your daughter made? It got water spilt on it. Um, it overflowed. So no, I don't at the moment. I know it wasn't with my tears, folks. It wasn't with my tears. I just want to say that game yesterday because I was watching with another Cowboys fan, not Mark. I was watching with my good friend Kevin, aka Zuki. Zook, if you're watching, buddy, sh- if you're listening, buddy, shout out. And because I, I was over at my neighbors, and most of us are all giant fans. So we were, uh, it wasn't a good day. And again, Zuki, he's like, I'm like, Zuki, you might want to go home before you beat the, tra- so you can beat the traffic so we can suffer in peace. But- you want to look at that game on a whole. Dallas came out, looked fuzzy. Then CD Lamb caught the 49 yard TD. Then Dallas took over. But there's only one person I want to really shout out in that game. It's Trayvon Diggs, baby. He is the new Deion Sanders. He he had a great game yesterday. Trayvon Diggs did great. Okay. Now, if we wanted to sit and talk Dallas Giants all day, we could. But our first game in London got played. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a a decent game for a little bit. It was enjoyable. I was very happy to see the Falcons win only because Kyle Pitts finally awoke. Yes. Nine receptions, 112 yards and a touchdown. Good. And, welcome to the NFL. And the best rookie on that field in London that day. Let's be real. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Zach Wilson, you have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I still agree you needed to be drafted to the Jets. I think you're a guy who's going to do well in New York. Don't worry. We're not going to kill you yet. Yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say about Wilson. He wants to showcase his arm because he understands that this is all show. So he's trying to showcase the arm. It's not working. It's like, what are you doing? Like, come on, just be a serviceable quarterback. You have a good running game. One of the things that I like about the Jets so far, the running game is good. That's a good it's, running game. It's not the best in the NFL. I'm not saying it will be. It probably won't be for a long time. But that's a good running game. They moved the ball. Yes, so, they did. So that's one thing. And then you also got to get your receivers involved. There were no receiving touchdowns. Like, how are the Jets supposed to win games if you don't have receiving touchdowns? That could possibly change the uh, momentum of the game. Let's be real here. And then on top of that, the defense, while the defense did a good job holding the Falcons to 20 points for the pretty much the entire second half, you got to get a sack on fucking Matt Ryan. Excuse my language. Got to. Oh no, don't, don't worry, Dan. You're okay here. Got it. Got it. Get a sack on him. There were no sa- hits. They got a bunch of hits and tackles. And again, they held the running. They held the running game the, in the in the passing game in the second half very well. The Jets defense. Did a better job in the second half than the first half. But get to Matt Ryan. Holy crap. Like, you know, the Falcons are not that good. So, wasted opportunity. Go ahead, Old Ops guy. No, sorry. Um, the Falcons aren't that good of a football team. No, you know, you, you travel to London without your star receiver, Calvin Ridley, due that he was out for personal yeah. reasons. You lose Justin Gage. And Matt Ryan still showed he can play. But let's yeah. be honest. He played and you against forget the, the Jets. What was that? Sorry, Patchy. And and you forgot your kicking net. Oh, that yeah. I mean, how do you travel to London without a net? Or you're in Wembley Stadium. Go steal one from the locker room. 
It's and okay. That's what, they, that's what they did. They 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 made the the ground screw made an impromptu <laughs> kicking net out of the soccer net. Hilarious. Thank you, London, for bailing us out. Just yeah. shows you God what's going you, on. But traveling back over to the United States of America, there was a good game in Cincinnati. However, it had to have been one of the funniest endings to a ball game I've watched yet. And I'm going to let the patch man talk about this one. Oh, you know, hey, Packers got that W. Nice. But hey, way to have, I would say, maybe, what's the word I'm looking for? A online game experience, I guess, in a Madden game when you're trying to win an online Madden ranked game. For all of you under living Iraq, uh, with a minute 15 left in the fourth quarter, the Packers and Bengals were missing field goals like it was no tomorrow. Mason Crosby missed three in a row. And then the ki- I can't think of the kicker's name at the top of my head right now for Cincy. I don't want to make I don't want to make the game winner. You kicked the game winner. And finally, Mason Crosby pulled his head out of his ass and then hit the game winner. And the clincher to that was no one on the East Coast saw it because we had to go to, we had to, go to Dallas and New York. And boy, that was the only time the patch man was kind of livid because you couldn't wait. You here's the thing. I, I understand rules and regulations with games and all that in the NFL, but you couldn't wait 30 freaking seconds to, for a field goal attempt and Mason Crosby minutes misses it cut the game right there send it out to Dallas you could have <laughs> waited 30 seconds and now I get the update as soon as kickoff happens in Dallas and I see oh the Packers win hey my friend had Sunday ticket so I saw the kick <laughs> yeah I yeah, saw it yeah, happen yeah because you were wait away brag Dan after Mason Crosby made 27 I think it was 27 straight field goal I was like, you know what? The man's going to miss 27 straight now and just set himself for new records and then get himself kicked off the Packers team. But I, I liked how I think it was Devonta Adams put it right. I, I only saw I, he made the kick that mattered. That's all that matters. Correct. You can forget about the misses. As long as you hit that game winner, that's all that matters, and you get the W. And I was texting back and forth with you. Yes, I texted you. Your boy Mason's not making them, and you're like – yeah, I sent you a gift to Nicholas Cage saying, really? I didn't know that. Hey, Dan, again, are you a betting man? Me? I don't I'm bet. I don't bet. Dan no. does not bet. Is there anybody a betting man in this group? Okay, I'm a what's, the, what's the bet? What's the bet? No, no, no. I'm just asking if there's a betting man. There is I'm no bet. Man. Okay. If you took the over in the Browns-Chargers game, you won. There was a total of 89 points scored. There was no defense in this game. It was a runover game. Nick Chubb leading the way with 161 yards. Eckler with, you know, a couple of touchdowns. David Njoku, for Christ's sakes, David Njoku, 160 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. There was no defense. Someone help me here. Uh, well, hey, but the Chargers, Mike Williams with a fantasy Day for the ages, if you want to go that route. I got 62 points out of him in one league for what he did. And yeah. I mentioned this, and I and I mentioned this on um the Sunday sideline report the other day that when the question was asked, what how will the Browns Chargers game go? I'm saying it's gonna be it's gonna be a shootout no matter what, because you got Baker and Justin Herbert just throwing bombs left and right, seeing who can outdo each other. It was like a college football game. 
I have to admit, I you know, as I'm just watching it go by on my computer, I could not believe what was going on because I'm watching the Dallas Giants. But I think it's time for another team to start getting concerned. Are the Kansas City Chiefs in trouble? Yes. Why? Well, if you see last night, just going to talk generally, um, I think Bills played a great game last night. And you know what? And I've been thinking, watching last night's game, that the Bills are going to be the big threat to Mahomes in the in the and the Chiefs in the AFC. Mahomes last night his QBR was forty eight point two, with two hundred seventy two yards, two TDs, and thirty three out of fifty four completions with two interceptions. And Josh Allen last night fifteen out of twenty fifteen completions out of twenty six attempts, three hundred fifteen yards with three TDs. And 91.6 QBR. I mean, Josh Allen is one of the best, if not the top three quarterback in the league. Prove me wrong. I don't think he can. Yeah, that Bills team is loaded, not only offensively, but defensively. Yes. Because, I mean, they, they, I mean, this Kansas City offense, you know, they can, you saw them score. 30 plus in every single game. Well, not against the Chargers, but like in four of their five games, they scored 30 plus points. So, you know, it's, you know, there, that's a good offense. So the fact that the Bills held them to 20 points, like that's a, that's pretty good. Uh, But here's the thing about the Chiefs, though. It's the fact that they also give up so many points. That defense is poor, is atrocious. It's an atrocious defense. You know, they play Washington next week, and I don't. I'm not saying Washington's going to go out and beat the Chiefs, but with that porous of a defense, Heineke can do the job. And, um, and you're talking about Steve Spagnuolo. You know, you're he's hyping up the how good of a championship defense he can bring. This is not a championship defense. This is a high school team could beat them. Yeah, th- this is a good defense. You know, allowing teams to put up 30 points on you. That's a that's a good defense. It's Not atrocious. Bad. It's bad. All around, the Chiefs look awful. The offense looked bad yesterday. And, you know, they're two and three now. The Chiefs are trash so far. Now, this could change. You know, we've seen teams fight back before. It, it's exactly. A long season. But right now, the Chiefs are trash. They're not a good football team. The team that went to the Super Bowl two consecutive years are now looking like garbage. Because yesterday, they gave up the following numbers. 315 passing yards, like I said, from Josh Allen. They gave up 121 rushing yards and 315 receiving yards. And they also had two fumble losses. And Mahomes got sacked twice yesterday. I know that probably doesn't sound like a lot, but... That that sacks mean nothing to Patrick Mahomes. He's still great. Getting sacked means really nothing. It's not like he's getting sacked five or seven times. You know, getting sacked twice in the game is no big deal. It's no big deal when your team is good. Right. You know, if it's Daniel Jones getting sacked two times, it's because the Giants' O-line can't protect him. Pat Mahomes getting sacked twice is really nothing. It's just the O-line slipping up a little bit. When it's, when, when it's a recurring thing for like 
Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, it's because the O-line is just terrible and they're not doing their job. Oh, absolutely. But the O-line's not doing their job in Kansas City. So really, it is a big deal. It's a big deal when you're losing games. The Chiefs have now lost three games. And this is not the Kansas City Chiefs that went to the Super Bowl last year. They don't look like it. Now, they had some injuries this week. Tyreek Hill hmm. had a uh, sprained knee. Travis Kelsey ends up with a stinger. They will both be in next week. However, their star running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is now out four to six weeks with a sprained knee. And that's a big loss to this oh, Chiefs team. He's a dual threat. However, there's something stirring in that wide receiver group. And he only saw one target last week, this week. Josh Gordon will, and I am saying this now, will have a two TD game next week. I am calling it right now. That's He's still bold. learning the book. It's not impossible. I mean, he, someone has to come through. Yeah. And he's and, a big and he can be a big threat. Yes. He's shown that he's learned. He only had about five plays shelled out for him for the <clears> entire <throat> game. He will have a lot more. And as weeks go on, I can't imagine covering a duo of Tyree Kill and Josh Gordon, just like trying to cover Armani Cooper and CD Lamb. It's not very possible. Well, no, I was hearing Tyree. Is Tyree Kill hurt because I, I I mentioned earlier he did have a, a slight knee hiccup, but he is good to go for next week. Because he, he is probably on one of my one fantasy day. teams, and they mentioned him as questionable. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, it's it, he had a slight knee twist, but he will be fine going into next week. So don't now, hit panic mode. Got, got no, it. no, no. Don't hit panic mode on Tyreek Hill. Now. There's a quarterback that was not well-known at the beginning of the season, wasn't even predicted to play. But hats off to Davis Mills in Houston. 300 yards and three TDs. Now, against uh, not a nobody. You went up against New England's defense and put up those numbers. Way to go, Mills. I like to see that. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, you know, you want to give confidence to him because, you know, he's going to be playing for most of the season. So you want to start building the confidence and development. He's a young quarterback. He's shown potential, at least. Yeah. So and- having that type of game, New England's no cookie. They're not the greatest team, but they're no cookie. So you have a good game against them. You know, hats off to you. Hats off it- to you. And, I, and again, I like what Houston's doing. Houston has... A decent team that you're know, not going to win a lot, but they have a decent team. And you know what? For ruling, for all the crap that they've been getting, I'm happy with the way Houston's doing so far. I'm very surprised they've won as many games that they have been. I mean, they've played. Every week they've come out and played with heart. And they're letting Deshaun Watson fiasco not get to them. They don't have a very big-name team, you know, as players-wise, but they're producing. That's to say a lot for teams that are not. Exactly. Now, of course, I'm going to have to do it. Tom Brady. Now, against the Jaguars, I don't care. He still threw for five friggin' touchdowns. Wait, he didn't play the Jaguars. The Dolphins. 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 Oh, my God. Wow. Big screw up. Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Two of them to Antonio Bryant. Two of them to Mike Evans. 
Dwayne Brown. Did I say Antonio Bryant? Wow, yes. wow, I'm, wow, I'm done. Just for that, you get double. <laughs> Just for that, you get ding, ding. Ding, oh. ding. Damn. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Sorry. Yeah, two touchdowns. Good. Mike Evans, two touchdowns. I don't care who had the other one. It was still five for the 40-year-old. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady is totally back after beating that Miami Dolphins team. Oh. No, I'm just still saying for 43 years old, still comes out and throws five touchdowns. Yeah. Mark, he's immortal. Yeah, five touchdowns. He is immortal. Miami Dolphins. He is immortal and he will never and he and he will never be stopped. Uh, let's just put oh. it this way. If Tom wow. Brady didn't if, if Tom Brady didn't beat the Dolphins, then the Bucks are also concerned. Yeah, and Mark, Tom Brady's 44, so you get the third thing. Oh. <laughs> Poor Mark. Poor Mark. Oh. Okay, oh. I'm going to transition to a game going on in the NFL right now. Okay. History can be made tonight in Baltimore. If the Baltimore Ravens can rush for 100 yards against the Indianapolis Colts tonight, they will break a record held for as long as I can remember by the Pittsburgh Steelers of consecutive 100-yard rush games. In a in consecutiveness, someone else talk, please. So what what was tonight's record again? If the Ravens get what? The Ravens rush for hundred yards or more. Oh, you got Lamar Jackson. I think they'll be good. Well, as of right now, they only got nine yards in a quarter and three minutes of football. Ninety-one got- yards to go on the wall. Ninety-one yards to go. <laughs> and hey, um. Indianapolis, their first possession took took it to the house. Took it Jonathan right to the Taylor, seventy six yards. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the play. He split the. Uh, um, what's the? I, I think it was used in NHL. Uh, the game. Do I think game? Any NHL twenty Snoop Dogg's commentary in NHL twenty. He split the defense, and then went to the house. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of NHL, the NHL season is upon us. Yeah, let's go. Finally. Uh, how about that? Trans- I can't pronounce a name. How about that, boys? How about that transition? Yeah, that was, that was in NHL. Look at that. I can I can still do this. NHL season kicks off October 12th. We record here October 11th. So once again, at this point, you're probably recording this unless miraculously this episode comes out tomorrow at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. Um, the NHL season is here. We got the Pens and the, def- and the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hopefully the Lightning can bring some hope back to well, Tampa. Well, they, they, they will be careful. They won two straight. I don't, I don't remember how many times they actually won the Stanley Cup. I think it's well, like uh, four. I think four times, but I'm saying back-to-back yeah. champions. Yeah, that, that, yeah, there you go. There you go. You're, you're, at, at, in, in the words of Paul Heyman, the reigning defending undisputed NHL team, the Tampa Bay Lightning will face off at 7.30, and then we get the debut, the normal season debut of the Seattle Kraken against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and that game I might have to stay up for and push myself to stay up for. Let's go, Seattle. Let's go, Seattle. I am not a big hockey I'm not a big hockey guy, but even I know tomorrow night's special night being that it's an inaugural game. I might even watch a hockey game. Now, you know, hell has frozen over. And um, uh, I'm looking out the window. Do pigs have wings yet? 
No, but hell's frozen over and they're going to be skating on it. <laughs> and then to cap off, um, we'll go the uh, we'll go for Wednesday too, just for um, for time's sakes. We got Montreal and Toronto. The Rangers face off against the Capitals, Chicago and Colorado, Vancouver and Edmonton, and then Winnipeg and Anaheim for Wednesday. Let's go and blue shirts. Every- yeah, I mean the rain. I want the Rangers to start two and zero. So hopefully, I do too. I hopefully do too. they can get get that done this week. So that would be nice. Know. And to, I, I wouldn't say it's our fault, but unfortunately, a certain league gets lost in the shuffle once playoffs start. The WNBA mm-hmm. is in the midst of their finals. Yeah. So Phoenix has another chance to be a champion. Yes, they do. Yes, yes we got the Chicago Sky, right? Chicago Sky, and I yeah. think it's yeah, Phoenix yeah. Mercury. Wow. Hey, you know. We don't know that much about it. Once again, it could be a teaching lesson for all of us to go out and you know what, learn more about the WNBA because, like, be. like I said, unfortunately, they are summer basketball. Baseball is the the big sport during yeah. the summer, and unfortunately, WNBA gets lost in the shuffle. Like I said, so this is a teaching point for all of us here at the network, the podcast, mm. and and even the listeners out there. You know what? It might not be your preferred thing to watch, but you know what? Take the time and you know what? Watch WNBA because you know what? Women can ball too. Absolutely. Yeah. I was about to say, women can ball. Kalia Copper had 21 points in 33 minutes and led all scores. And then, of course, you had from the Mercury, you had Brittany Griner and Diana Taurasi, all great players. Uh, Diggin Smith, another good player. So can't like, forget you know, Candace Parker too. Exactly. So then you know the, these are ladies that could you know give you great games and great entertainment. You know, I mean, Chicago won easily, you know, by fourteen. So, but you know, it's a, it was, it was a, it was a cool to watch. You know, high scoring basketball. Yeah, during the summer. Now, I'm, I got the nickname Old Ops Guy for a reason. I was around when Rebecca Lobo and Lisa Leslie started out. And I remember going to a WNBA game and I watched the two of them play. Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. You are listening to the Sport Insanity Podcast on the Sport Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insane. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. Hey, uh, Patch, we forgot something. 
We did. What's that? Uh, we've got to talk about John Gruden. Well, about John Gruden. <laughs> about that whole thing that's going on. I thought so we talk gonna... about it. Talk, talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, Go for then. it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, okay. For those of you who don't know what's been going on, there were emails that came out that were from like 10 years ago that apparently had some racist connotations about the NFL Players Association president. And also there is there was also an email. Okay, it, it said allegedly it was racist calling the guy dumb or something like that. Well, well, then it, it, the, 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 the comments were about his appearance so uh, saying about his the, lips yes yeah exactly the the fact that they, they the 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 words that apparently grew and used was that the lips look like michelin tires yes which i'm not gonna laugh about because i understand what it feels like to have those type of big lips so it's like you know it's not okay to say all that not okay go ahead bill Sorry. but anyway and then there were also letters saying that he made some expletive to Roger Goodell as well. Yeah. yeah. Now these are all coming out and Gruden is saying Gruden is saying I'm not taking any questions about it. And his team is sticking up for him. Um, gentlemen, what is your take? Well, the the Raiders, what they're saying is that they're not going to focus on that because one, they have games to play and they don't want to get distracted by all that nonsense that happened 10 years ago, 11 years, whatever time frame was. So all weekend they've been saying, okay, well, I don't want, I'm not answering questions about it. You know, well, so, I mean, they, and look, some players are like, you know what? He's actually not a bad guy and I'm not going to push the narrative that he is. So I give the Raiders a lot of credit because, you know, I'm, first of all, I'm not saying that those comments were weren't bad. No, those comments. Oh no, awful. those comments are terrible. Absolutely, they're, they're awful and they shouldn't have been said. But I give credit to the Raiders because at least what they're doing is like, okay, well, we're not focused on that. They're focused on football, and that's what should matter more: football rather than the, all the other toxic stuff that's going on outside of the field, because they're not supposed yeah. to be focused on that. Um, right, Dan, you're 100 correct. Um, in this case. It happened just because it happened doesn't make it not happen. Exactly. But right now, the league can't take any precedent against it. There to even go on and on about it is just going to try to draw attention to something that really needs to be kept out of the public's eye right now. And and you know because that's the thing is with John Gruden and like. Listen, I'm usually against people getting in trouble for things they said years ago. But, you know, for, you know, people are sticking up for him. The players are saying, hey, he's not really that bad of a guy. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm stealing a page from the Danny Boy Reginald playbook here. And mm-hmm. this is something you said when we were talking about that. I names escaped me when he said that gay slur on TV. I think his name escapes me right now. But anyway, it's like if you say something years ago, you got to show us. Are you that same person you are when you said it? Yeah. If you say, okay, I'm a, I'm a different person than I was. Because, you know, I, I, you know yesterday on the side, Sunday Sideline Report, when we were talking about Urban Meyer, like Gruden saying he's sorry. Is this a genuine apology or is this a, 
I'm sorry I got caught. Um, but from what this is saying, and like, listen, I do not condone what he said. I do not condone what he said. I think he said was disgusting. But it showed he's really not that bad of a dude. And listen, he is taking responsibility for what he said. Yeah. And he is, because you know, a lot of people, when they apologize, and again, we talked about this yesterday with Urban Meyer. Um, it's not, I'm sorry I did wrong. It's, I'm sorry I got caught. So I think, um, but do you guys think it's a little, um, do you guys think it's a little bizarre that they're going after something that happened 10 years ago? I'm going to start no. with the cash man. I, 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 oh, sorry. Oh, Mark, go ahead. You start no. talking. I'll go after you. Go ahead. As we've seen in sports from baseball to cricket, you say something, it's jotted down. It's going to be brought up again one day. You know, we don't know what Casey Stangle must have said years ago. We don't know what Babe Ruth said years ago. No matter what you have said, if you're part of the sports world, one day, if you say something wrong, you could be the greatest guy in the world, you, whatever, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And this is all this is doing right now. In the, in the world, uh, in today's world of, we'll go cancel culture, um, people will find a way to dig up your past and just bury your reputation. I, I will bring up Kate Smith, who sings a great rendition of God Bless America. Her past came back, and then look what happened. No longer played at all. Yeah. And that's wrong. Yeah, and, and also, not, not only at Yankee Stadium, but in Philly during the Flyers game, too. Because the irony of that was that, that so I'm sorry if I'm going on a tangent here, but that song that they say was racist, that song was actually satirizing racist. And the guy who she did it with was actually very involved in the civil rights movement. It's crazy. But, but this so is also like saying that satirizing someone... racists and making fun of them. Not it wasn't glorifying racism. It was criticizing it. I'm posting this to the group right now. If someone comes out and says Francis Scott Key did this, did that, said this, is that, are we no longer going to have the Star Spangled Banner as, a, yeah. as our anthem? Uh, I mean, th that's a good point. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. I understand we all do things that are wrong. We all make mistakes. But that is one of the most beloved songs in the world to me. Yeah. And because of her past, it doesn't take what the words mean away. But just in a general thing with the whole John Gruden thing of stuff you said, I'm going to give you guys a total hypothetical here. Ready? Let's say, let's say someone in this network, I'm volunteering myself here. Let's say something comes out of something I said when I was 16, 17 years old, that was very off color. So it comes out. What patch, are you going to fire me because I, because of something I said 10 years ago? I mean, it, uh, it, in that situation, it is, it depends on what is said. And then to, I would say it would go off of what procedure I would follow. Do I, do I fire you? Do I suspend you? Do I make you issue a statement and you're suspended indefinitely until 
maybe you like what players have to go to is they have to go to 100 hours community service or um, they have to go to classes. There we go. That's what I was looking for. He has to go to you have to go to classes to better yourself as a person. This has happened recently in professional wrestling. Some wrestlers have been sent to um, classes and therapy for things that they've said on Twitter that have come back to bite them in their ass from the past. So in this situation, we need we need more detail on what John Gruden said 10 years ago. You know what? If, if anything, he's going to most likely be suspended for like two or three games. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. And, you know, you know, these are emails. So anyone it can be accessed pretty much anywhere. Um, but another thing I want to point out, because Adam Schefter did send this out a while back. I want to make sure Yep, it's a verified source. The New York Times, this is just came from him, reported that the Gruden used misogynistic and homophobic language for years per review of his emails. Oh. And Gruden denounced the emergence of women referees, the drafting of gay player, and the tolerance of protest during the national anthem per the New York Times. And um, um, also... Daniel, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh, we're getting breaking news right now, too. Yeah, yeah. and then apparently, yeah. yep, Raiders and John Gruden are going to part ways. It just came to me. We just got a. Me- yeah. I just got and a that message comes from, from our writer Zachary Haynes. Yeah, yeah. Zachary so, Haynes just posted in the group. And first of all, shout out to Zachary Haynes at the Throwdown. Way to come in the clutch, buddy. Yeah. So like, well that's, done. So I mean, that's. I mean, I I just read it from Schefter just now. Yeah. So b- before before I, I, we were talking, and then I read it, and now <clears throat> Zach Haynes, we appreciate him giving us the report. That's crazy, man. And it happens right on the air, too. Wow. Wow. Here's another thing. Now it's coming to light, you know, mind you, we didn't have this information as we were just early talking about John Gruden, but thanks to Zach for posting this because there's obviously much more to this story than we know. And we're going to learn more in the upcoming week. If he is yeah. resigning as head coach, there's a lot more than we know than what's going on. Then there's a lot more. And you, you were saying, Reg, there's like homophobic stuff too. Well, misogynistic, homophobic stuff. This is from the New York Times. New York Times also reviewed emails apparently. And that's what they're saying. He also like denounced women referees. It's a, this is a crazy story. Now that, this has come out. This is crazier than we and thought. It happens right when we're on the air, too. Yo, that's nuts, man. Hey, that's you know nuts. what? This is actually like our first time that we've had a breaking news story this big when we're well, on in the a, air. In, in a while, obviously. In, in a, a while. while. And I'm glad we all we all were here for this. Yeah. So um, obviously, when you when we when obviously this would be news already when this is released. But this um, is nuts. Like you yeah. he's yikes. Yikes. Like yeah. And you know what? Uh, some of the statements that I said a few minutes ago about Gruden, I think I might retract because if it's coming out now and more yeah. crap is being said. Well, I mean, you also have to keep in mind, like, you know, th- this, this, is, this is a pattern of behavior. They were saying this. This is a pattern of behavior. So, so wow. do you Bill- think. I'm sorry, Mark. Were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Now, Bill, this goes to answering your question like you posed to Patchy. If he were to find something about you 10 years ago that you wrote, could he just fire you or force you out? 
Now you see how it works. Yeah. Anything you say in public media, you want to put it in private, whatever. You say something that can be found, it can be used against you. He will no longer coach in the NFL after this. He's now blacklisted. Yeah. Well, he's and not blacklisted. He, he is not blacklisted yet. Yeah, no. he's only been fired for 10 minutes. So, no, okay. he's minutes. resigned. Sorry. Well, Things Adam Schefter is saying that they're parting ways. So, I don't know how that they're going to go about it. Apparently, it's going to be through resignation, but is it really a resignation? Or is this the Raiders organization saying, oh, this is not this is working for out for him to save face? This is for him to save face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really, like, what? what is the. <clears throat> because, you know, he's not resigning for no reason here. No. I think the Raiders got involved. They have yeah. to have gotten involved here. Right. So but this- you got a Raiders team that was playing decent ball. Yeah. And That's what this is going to do to this team is going to be major. And Sorry, is- though. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm kind of glad you did. You gave some good insight there. But um, you know what? This teaches a very important lesson here is be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Mm, yeah. Because you know big brother's watching you. Because whatever you do, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And, you know, we saw this just now with Urban Meyer. Um, uh, Urban Meyer. John Gruden. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. <laughs> I swear, folks, I haven't been drinking tonight. I promise. <laughs> but, you know, we see that with John Gruden. And you know what? Wow. My mistake actually made me think of something. And I know these are two totally different situations. And we mm. don't have to go into a doctoral thesis on this. But Correct. Do you think we can be seeing the same for Urban Meyer soon? I, I know it's two totally different situations. It, it won't. It won't be because of behavior, because the team sucks, and that he's not, and then he's lost the locker room. Yeah, that's was, my. That's my opinion. Because I was my talking opinion. to my dad about this. He said he lost a locker room. He goes, and my dad goes, "We love you, Papa Murph," but he's like, "How?" You know, like what I was saying with John Gruden, um, Pat. Do you think we can be seeing the same for Urban Meyer soon? Uh, what? Yin and Yang at the moment. Yin and yang. It's two totally different situations. It's, but... it, it, it's yin and yang. You know, it, if anything, Urban Meyer is getting fired. And you know what? Urban Meyer is going to probably last a season here. They're going to probably milk him out for a year. If anything, week 14 or 15, he'll get fired. Urban Meyer, it, Urban Meyer is just showing that, you know, he regrets taking the job in Jacksonville. And you know what? He's probably going to USC next year. No. And well, just a situation later point on John Gruden's side, you know what? Unfortunately, John Gruden's past came back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Because you know what? He what this Raiders team was turning around since he turned since it came in 2018. And you know what? The the, the rest of his 10-year contract out the door. He forfeits the rest of the 70 million dollars. Because he had a 10-year hundred million dollar contract. All that money, bye-bye. And it's not about the money. It's about trying to turn the Raiders team back into what the team was back in the 80s and the 90s. And now, you know what? This Raiders team now has to go through another head coaching rebuild where they had a set coach for so long, and unfortunately, the past comes back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and, you know, look, 
obviously, you know, like I said before, that those comments are not good. And it's it's shame. And you know, just the homophobic and misogynistic comments. Are- yeah, and then, and now that now that 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 those comments were also featured in those emails, that uh, that that's too much of a distraction to deal with. And because they, he was also it said something about kneeling for the national anthem, and that that was more, less than ten years ago. That only started like three or that only started like five years ago. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, like you know, he was still working for ESPN around that time, so it's like. You know, this could be years of emails. And you know what? I'm closing this out here. I want to quote my father, Papa Murph. Sorry, I mentioned him again. But in the wise words of Papa Murph, use this. For those of you who are listening, I'm pointing to my head. Use this before you open this. I'm using my hand as a mouth. Use my dad always told me, use your brain before you open your mouth. So in other words, folks, think before you speak. Yes. So stay tuned, you know. Yes. With that said, the fifth inning has concluded here in game five here on the Sports Sandy Podcast on the Sports and Sandy Network. Make sure you go out and follow us on all socials. Dan, where you can you follow us on social media? So you can go to, on Twitter, you can uh, follow the podcast at SIN Sports Insane. And then you can follow the network at S Insanity Real. And then you can also search Sports Insanity Podcast on Facebook, Sports Insanity Network on Twitter. Um, and on Facebook, sorry. And um, go to our website as always, the Sports Insanity Network. Dot com. Figure out, find out all those blogs and all of our other shows. We're releasing shows every week, so get on to that. Yes. Also, check out Thursday Night Gridiron and Sunday Sideline Report. Make sure you check out all our content on our website. Once again, that's www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. I can finally do my plug again. I haven't been able to do it all season, <laughs> all game. However, you want to classify this. Yep. <laughs> With that said, I am Lawrence Batchman Lang. I'm Bill Murphy. I'm Mark, the one and only old cops guy, Halpern. And I'm Danny Boy Reginald, not daydreaming this time. So <laughs> he is out of his daydreams, and we will see you guys next week for game five, top of the sixth inning. Go crazy for new episodes of the Sports Insanity podcast every week. Now available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. 
Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.